Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We are broadcasting from iSolve Connect in Palm Springs, Palm Desert. You call it whatever you want. JW Marriott. This is their user conference, and it is fantastic. We're going to be talking to Jaylene. Is that, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, Jaylene. Okay, good. I was going to say Jolene, but that you've probably heard that before. Yes, if it sounds like my name, I'll answer to it, but <laughs> yes, it's a J. <laughs> Too funny. Now, uh, where are you from? Originally, I'm actually from California, um, but oh. over the course of my lifetime, I've moved from Tennessee and then eventually found myself in Alaska. Now, how do you find yourself in Alaska? Boy, that, that's, that's a, a story here. That is a story. And actually, I could probably write an entire book on it. But the short story is that I went through a life crisis. I ended up in my 30s with a diagnosis of cancer. Oh, my gosh. Um, it was very revolutionizing to, to uh, my marriage. It actually caused my husband at the time to cheat on me. And so I decided... Your cancer? Yes. He created his... Oh, unfortunately, yes. Wow. And he got a girl pregnant. And so I was like, okay. I deserve more. And basically wanted to get to a place where I knew I would have the opportunity to disconnect right. and heal. And so yeah. Alaska, an island, Sitka, right. um, was the perfect place. That is a perfect place. Again, men will create excuses for anything. That that is probably the craziest excuse I've ever heard. Well, I have to tell you the story about the robbery that occurred. <laughs> I used to work for Saboba Casino that's right across this uh, mountain. Yeah. And on... Uh, August 2nd, 2007, $1.6 million walked out my front door, okay. which is why I'm actually in HR. Crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. This is such a great story. So, uh, you're a customer of iSolved. Yes. Now, how did that come to be? Uh, so, I have a lot of experience in the HR field. So, once that right. uh, occurred with the robbery, I right. went back to school and ended up uh, changing and going into HR. Right. And so I worked with a, a work day. I worked with a lot of HCMs. Yep, yep. And then when I went to Alaska, I kind of went backwards. Right. And so they had nothing. There's not as much up there. No. And yeah. so I really was struggling, but I needed to be able to find a product that was going to be the price right. Right. Um, and something that I knew would work in the customization um, that I was used to with the bigger companies. That's right. Yes. That's right. So you made the you probably did demos and lists and looked at different things mm -hmm. and got into pricing and stuff like that. So you made the decision with iSolved. How long into the relationship did you say, yeah, I made the, I made the right decision here? Oh, I knew I made the right decision immediately. Um, there was no other product out there and I did a lot of research. Yeah. One of our issues was that we are a aggregated larger employer. I right. work for a family owned and operated business. Right. And so they have multitudes of diverse uh, business structures right. Right, 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 and right. legal companies. So oh, wow. I, we were actually a uh, customer of ADP for about 20 years. Yeah, sure. And in 2015, prior to me getting to the company, they had made a uh, forced migration into their cloud system. Right. But it could not, the platform could not operate with multitudes of legal companies. Right. And so in the middle of it, they had a That's pull a one to many model. That's, yes. It's hard to, it's hard to get the software. Some software, the way it's structured, uh, the foundation of the software, it's hard to get it to do one to many. Correct. So I could see that. I mean, I'm sure ADP has figured that out and all that other stuff, but that's not really the point. The point is, is this, the, the solution with iSolved, you could do that. Yes. You could do it in one instance and then be able to manage all the different things that are happening at whatever, however many different companies. Yes, yes. Oh, that's cool. So when I signed up for them, I just, I was like, give me the bells and whistles. Give me everything and never turn back. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
So what to I mean, again? You have a, you have different employees in different companies. Okay, so you got all kinds of different stuff. What's the product that you that's being used the most that, that people like the most? So prior to um, I solved, and especially because we pulled out of ADP, right. there was a course of time where literally employees could not access any information um, if they needed a copy of their paycheck stub. I had to actually take the paycheck stubs and and, and scan them. And then if they came to me, I'd have to go to and find my PDFs for that yep. particular folder file and say, here's your copy. Oh, um, my God. It was so archaic. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, because of the fact that that occurred, I solved was the thing that opened up that door. And I did have to train a lot of the employees. Uh, many individuals at the time were like, there's no way you're going to get people to use their phone or this mm -hmm. technology. Yeah. But it wasn't hard as, as many people thought. No, not at all. Once you put something superior in front of somebody, somebody mm -hmm. you say, this will actually change your life. Yes. This will make your life better. Once they do it, the first time they do it, they're like, yeah, I'm never going back to the other way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're, we're good here. Um, so what do you like about Connect? Now, you've been you've been to Miami and Nashville and this one? No, actually, this is my first Connect. What? Yeah. I, okay. So living on an island, um, <laughs> getting off of the island can be very difficult. Travel <laughs> is not always simple. It uh, actually took me 14 hours of flying oh. to get here. And that was because of the fact that we had bad weather on one of the islands I had to transfer to. Right. I got shot up north to Anchorage, which yep. is, uh, I mean, just that and coming back down adds an extra five hours. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, yes. And so it, it can be very difficult to get off the island. I usually try to pick um, for my continuing education right. a event that I know I'm going to get a lot out of. Right. Um, and so I cycle it. But last year I went to HR Tech. Yep. And this year I picked I ISOF Connect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and what's interesting is there's a Sherm, I think it's Sherm, uh, Alaska. They have a show. I think they have a show. They do. I actually used to be the president of the Sherm chapter oh, and sat on the board. Did you know, you know uh, the bit. Every 18 months, they do like a, a local yeah, uh, yeah. version up there, but um, I've kind of stepped back from that yeah, yeah. Uh, just because it's been very difficult with the, it's almost a bubble. You got to kind of get out to it get is. fresh. Same thing. So I've, I've spoken at a lot of the like uh, HR Florida, HR Southwest, Indiana, mm -hmm. a lot of the state Sherm conferences, mm -hmm. and a lot of the people, the professional, uh, the practitioners that are involved, say the same thing. They get into it. They're deep into it. You know, they start our committee, do a bit, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they find themselves on the board doing other stuff. And it's like at one point, it's not burnout. It's at one point they're like. The new ideas need to come in here. Correct. And that, I think that's where, like, diversity and inclusion kind of come 100%. in. 100%. Um, but, yeah, the, the state board, like, there's only so many practitioners or so many professionals that really get involved. And right. usually, um, because of the lack of uh, involvement, they'll transfer people from position to position to position. So oh, you'll yeah. work with someone that's held every position on the, the Sherm board. Oh, yeah. Um, yet, you don't you get that group think. That's right. That's right. It's like, hey, let's do something. Let's do something new and innovative. Mm, or we could do what we did last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you could, okay, so we've asked this question of customers yesterday, magic wand time. So if you could change anything about iSoft, what would you change? Magic wand. Uh, I just actually told this to um, the analyst. Uh, I think his name is Mike. He, in my opinion, so one of the problems that I've had with iSolved is that I'm an HR team of one. Yep. And unfortunately, there's a lot of distractions that come my way. And when, uh, being that I'm remote, um, a lot of people are depending upon me to provide them with the information. Right. And I struggled with that. So. 
when it comes to implementation of something, I might get it launched, but I don't get everything perfected. And of right. course, the idea is that you can perfect it as you go. Right. Um, but even my time is still more precious. So having the ability to possibly do a sandbox yep. or like a training environment where yep. I would have the opportunity to maybe play with it on my own time, yep. uh, that would be actually very valuable. It's probably already being built while we're talking. They, <laughs> they take, they take advice. It's crazy. They take advice from their customers to heart. Yes. Like I've seen it at the road shows. I've seen it at Connect. I've just seen that they, they've put the customers at the center of the business around product. And it's like, that, that we're going to make sure that we do the stuff for them. Yes. And, and so when, you know, most vendors, when they say, oh, yeah, it's on the roadmap, I typically don't believe them, mm. you know, because everything's on the kitchen sinks on the roadmap. So I typically don't believe them. But when ISOF says, yeah, no, that's, that's coming out in the next release, I actually believe that it's coming out in the next release. Yes. The, the product advancement has been rapid. Yeah. And that's something that I absolutely love about iSolved. It's, yeah, it's not stagnant. Um, the ideas come out and the products are, are they work. They don't sleep. They don't, they don't, I mean, rest on their laurels, I guess is the old phrase. They don't, they don't do that. Like they're constantly, we've had podcasts with a lot of the executives. They're constantly trying to think of what do we, what can we do? What can we do? What can mm -hmm. we do? What can we do? But what well, you'll find this interesting. So I've asked every executive, same question. You know, what do you like about Connect? And to a T, every ISOV executive has said, I just like the customers. Mm -hmm. Being able to see them, being able to talk to them, being, seeing them talk to each other. Yeah. Like getting them together. And, and again, there's so many vendors in our space that run from their customers. They'll sell something and then mm -hmm. they're gone. Hard to, yeah. get, hard to get them on the phone. Well, the one thing about iSolve that I love is, you know, with any implementation, if anyone has implemented some sort of software, they know it doesn't always go as oh. it's planned. You get those hiccups along the way. 100%. Um, if you don't, you didn't do an implementation. Exactly. Right. And so, like, to your point where they're out of there, um, especially, like, with ADP, when yep. they had to pull out, iSolve, though, no matter what they have over the course, when I've had struggles, and I have had struggles, I'm going to be honest with that, but they make it right. Yeah. And they always fix it. I've seen this with my own eyes at a roadshow. Ron and I were at a roadshow in Dallas, and a team came in, and they had a list. And I mean a list of things. And they were like, okay, with onboarding, I got a question about this, and this doesn't work. And Jeff was up at the up at, uh, up at the front. He's just like, let's go through them one by one. Let's go. Wow. Bring your list. Wow. And, and rapid fire, what was great is all of them had their laptops out. So they all had product crack, cracked open. And what I loved about it is customers started answering other customers' questions. Mm -hmm. Like I was just a fly on the wall, just kind of check, checking everything out. And it's like somebody would ask a question. It's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll, tell you, I'll show you what we did. We hacked that. We did this way. Do we do it this way? It's like, oh, that's cool. And people are writing notes. People are writing this stuff down. I'm like, yeah, this is different. This is different. Uh, uh, this is different than other players. Yeah. This they, they care. They, you know, it's funny because as a, as a recovery marketer, a lot of vendors will say they care. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They're, you're just, you're, if you're a number, that's a compliment. Mm -hmm. You know, you're less than a number. It's your, your MRR, ARR to them. They're going to come and see you about three months before their renewal date. And that's about it. Yeah. If you call them, they don't really want to handle your call because something's broken and they don't know how to fix it. And they oversold the product and, you know, this, that, and the other. But I wanted to ask you, did you speak? Uh, did you speak at, at any of the sessions? I have actually here right uh -oh. after this. I'm actually going to be going to a, a session, but I did a live customer panel um, oh. around nine o'clock this morning. Okay. What did you yeah. talk about? 
all the pain points and progress of what I've been through okay. over the last few years. Oh, that's cool. So you just went you just went transparent with them and said, okay, here's the deal. Yeah. Want to know me? Yeah. Boom. Well, uh, and being from Alaska, to be able to represent Alaska yeah. is, uh, to me, it's a prideful thing that yeah. I wear as a badge of honor. 100%. Um, and yesterday, you probably saw me walking around in my I did. dress. I did um, see you. So yesterday was actually the official Alaska Day holiday. I heard this. I heard um, this. Some, and someone our, referenced that during the podcast. Yes. And so we dress up. Um, there is a lot of... Uh, so uh, in Sitka, Russia was the uh, capital for yep. America, and they sold us the land, and we right. did the transfer there. So uh -huh. my town actually reenacts everything every year. Oh, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. Oh, Russia hates. I mean, you know they'd love to have that back. <laughs> I'm you pretty know sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know they'd love to have that back. If, if for no other reason than to be closer to the U.S., mm -hmm. you know they'd love to have it. It's like the Louisiana Purchase. Or Spain and Mexico, et cetera. I'm a, I'm a Texan. Okay. So I understand the kind of, whenever you go somewhere, mm -hmm. you kind of represent the brand, you represent the, the place. So I love that. Um, and we have a very big populace of indigenous people oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so just the that culture and that heritage 100%. is so rich. I, uh, it's, it's uh, my master's thesis was uh, Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, called NAGPRA. It's a law that was enacted in 1990. And it basically gave rights to uh, native people to go to museums and get their, their stuff back. Wow, so I did George, not realize that. George Bush signed it into law, didn't, had no idea what he was signing. And essentially, it gave the power to the tribe to get uh, remains, human remains, mm -hmm. cult items of cultural patrimony, religious sacred objects, etc. And so they could knock on any museum in the country and say, hey, uh, need that back. Wow, and the it was theirs. They they got it back. Now some, I dealt with a lot of the remains stuff when I was at the Smithsonian. So I had actually um, I had a tribe, an indigenous tribe from Alaska, that it was in the 1940s that they did uh, excavations. Mm -hmm. The archaeologists, you know, did a bunch of stuff, and so these were people that. Like these, this is it's one thing to kind of think of like people that were 200 years ago, 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. I had a guy that came in, and uh, he's part of his tribe, and uh, he could look at a box and tell whose parents that was. Wow! Like it was real. Like it got real fast. Like it, again, when you're dealing with stuff that's cultural, especially indigenous culture, you know things that are two, three, four hundred years. You know you can be a, a bit disconnected. The tribe isn't, but one can be disconnected. When something's in the 1940s, yeah, you're not disconnected from that. Mm -hmm. Those are people that you actually knew or knew of, mm -hmm. and so it's got not just a, the rich culture. It's they're really interesting people. Yes, really compelling people. It is and the compelling stories too. It's uh, amazing. I um, I love the ability to hire people with that culture. Yep. Um, it, it's a struggle because there's still a, oh, yeah. the stigmata and the stereotypes oh, yeah. there. But oh, yeah. uh, for the most part, our company really values the uh, the sacredness of the people there. Oh, and that's cool. um, so we, it, it's a guarantee that we work with them and that um, it's about the community. That's genius. That's genius on so many levels because, again, you're not seen as an occupier. You're Correct. You're seen as a liberator. Yes. Like you're working with a community, like you're not trying to change them. Like, listen, we don't want to change you. Just, you know, we want to actually help you. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, when you make that investment, and it is an investment, when you make that investment in people, 
it pays off. Mm-hmm. I would 100% agree. Now, I could sit here and talk to you for like two hours. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you've got like things that you have to do yeah. and good places you have to be. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, definitely. Thank you for inviting me. 100%. And thanks for everyone listening. Until next time.